Hey, what's going on? Greetings and good day, and welcome back to Birds All Day. My name is Drew Fairservice, and we're here talking about your Toronto Blue Jays, who are gearing up to play Germal very, very soon. I can't wait. I don't know. I'm excited that we don't have to talk about labor stuff until next winter again, uh, and now we get to talk about science instead. But for now... There is a plan in place for there to be for there to be baseball. Baseball players are headed towards baseball player places. They're getting ready to do baseball player things for 60 games, which is hilarious. But I don't know. Who knows? Who knows if any of this is going to happen? Uh, we've now been able to turn our attention back to the pandemic, the global pandemic of COVID-19, which is killing hundreds of thousands of people a day, which is not hundreds of thousands of people a day, excuse me, hundreds or thousands of people a day, hundreds of people in the United States. Uh, people are dying every day here in Canada as well. And all of this while there is a uh, quasi-social revolution going on. So it's not boring, even though it feels that way because you're trapped in your house all day long. And there's no one I would rather be trapped, maybe not in the house with, but on yeah. the airways with. And then the man who joins me, and he joins me as always. Uh, old Reliable. Old Reliable, Mr. Andrew Stoughton. Stoughton, how are you? Well, I'm trapped in the house, but uh, otherwise, you know, I can't complain. I'm, I'm fascinated by how this uh, <laughs> this baseball thing is going to evolve in, in the, you know, ongoing raging pandemic that we've got. And, and you know, I'm... I'm half laughing as I say that, but it's they're that's because we're in the pre-consequence stage of any of this, and uh, it, it could become, you know, something that that it becomes really regrettable, and nobody really wants to wants to believe that yet. Uh, so no. on that grim note, I'm I'm going to reiterate, uh, yeah, I'm doing all right. Well, it, it it is a grim note, but it's one that we can't uh, strike often enough, and there seems to be consensus. Um, from people who are willing to acknowledge it or, or, or address the issue head on, uh, you know things are here in um, in mo- most places in southern Ontario, except for actually in Windsor, that we've all moved on to what we're calling phase two, where you're able to go and like sit on a patio or go get a haircut for the first time in in three months. Um, and it, but I but the, the sense my sense is, you know, enjoy the summer because what's going to come in the fall is going to be like we what we went through in the late winter, early spring, but worse. Um, it's gonna, it's we're gonna happen again. But the 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 irony of that is that it's like okay, kind of enjoy your summer, do some stuff, get out, and try to like stretch, sort of stretch your legs, so to speak, for a few months, and then get ready to like hunker down again. But there's a good quote in a story from our guest this week, who is Emma Bachelary of Sports Illustrated. She. spoke with us about um, her story, which is great, which she spoke to many uh, epidemiologists or epidemiologists, uh, virologists, people who are learned in the science and uh, and understanding just the, the, the scope of the feat that baseball is trying to take on. And it's a very daunting task. So, it was a great chat with 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 Emma, but there's a great quote that we didn't discuss on in the, in the previous part or in the interview with her that you'll hear momentarily. Um, and when you do hear that, um, maybe if you like what you hear, maybe if this is the first time you're listening to us, I cannot recommend you enough, cannot recommend it enough that you go and subscribe to the podcast on your podcast player of choice. If it's Apple Podcasts, if it's Spotify, if it's, uh, what's the other one called? Uh, over Stitcher. Stitcher oh, yeah. and Overcast. That's the one. That's the one that people like because you can listen to it at like six times speed. Um, <laughs> subscribe there. And if you subscribe to the podcast, which everybody is free to do, the, the podcast is out there. In the airwaves, or however you describe it. But if you want to subscribe to The Athletic, I can't recommend that highly enough either. So you can do that if you go to theathletic.com slash birds all day. You can get a 40% off for the annual membership, I believe. Don't quote me, but do it anyway. And if, if someone tells you you can't say that I, Drew, said you could do it. Because I got a lot of pull as the guy that like says, submits an invoice every six weeks. And is like, hey, can I, can I get paid for this? Um <laughs> So do that. Subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to The Athletic. You'll be all set up. You'll be all good to go. The sports are starting to start again. The conversations have shifted from, you know, guy remembering and uh, and and legal legalese into like, wow, this could be crazy because they're talking about playing a 60-game schedule. But the quote that I teased before that I'm going to get to now is the virus is not going on a summer vacation. So while we're looking to take a summer vacation, looking to get a haircut here, maybe 
get out to the to the to a lake type place or just do things that are more summery. Uh, the virus is not doing that. It's not going away. It, and the cases are not um, dropping as they should in some places, uh, you know, all of the United States. Uh, so when the weather gets cool again, it's only going to get worse. When flu season comes back around, it's going to be ugly. And just the sheer feat of trying to pull this baseball season off is going to be difficult. And it's going to be a lot of kind of a plug your nose and go things kind of the vibe that i'm getting i don't know about stoughton does that seem sort of like you know there's maybe going to be some like like i i'm sort of joking saying collateral damage but then jesus i like think about it and it's like no that's actually what's going to happen wow. there's actually going to be collateral damage to barreling ahead with the baseball season it's it's just it's it, it's ridiculous that, that that this is where we're at and that like you know we're all kind of we're resigned to it and we're talking about it like you know, I mean, it's going to happen. It's been clear. I mean, other than the labor thing, which you know, maybe we believed it was they were going to not play or not, but you know, other sports are doing it too. I mean, it's just it's it, it's happening, and you know, well, we watched. You know, we're talking here on Thursday. You know, Liverpool, uh, the Premier League champions. You know, the, that that seems to be going well with the lack of you know with the no stadium, no fans in the stadium, and they're doing. You know, it, it's just it's a different situation there. And I saw Daniel Kim, who we had on the podcast. Uh, you know, several weeks ago or maybe months ago at this point, uh, talking about, you know, when the, the positive COVID tests for the Phillies came up saying, you know, this kind of this kind of happened or when the Blue Jays when when uh, when I think maybe the Blue Jays had to shut down their facilities because somebody had been a close contact with somebody who tested positive. Uh, he said that during the, the spring or during, you know, the, the, the ramp up to the KBO season, that happened a few times where, you know, everybody had to go home, they had to sanitize, they had to wait and see if anybody tested, and then they would start things back up again. And that was just sort of a natural part of the process. Uh, and, 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 and I forget who it was, but somebody, you know, responded to that on Twitter that I saw who was just like, yeah, except that the, 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 the Korean government and the, the protocols and everything that they had going on there, which we talked about Dan, with Daniel about, uh, were just a little bit more uh, well in place and well intentioned than the ones that are, are you know taking place in the United States right now. And and you know if that if the same scenario probably won't occur with uh, with camps in the states because it's just they do not have a lid on on this thing as yet and that's you know that's what you say you're, you're saying about how it is not over it is very much not over uh and it's really frustrating and disappointing to watch that there are places where it's like you know we we here in ontario where drew and i are sitting we we've done reasonably well it's been a, a, a horrible horrific tragedy and and terrible uh but you know, a lot of the measures we've taken have have been effective, and and we're slowly reopening, and hopefully, we do it at a pace enough that that it's not going to, you know, just light up a flame again uh, in the near future. But but you know, when you're when there are these places, when there are all these places where there are not protocols in place, where there are people who are entitled to to, to believe that this isn't exi- isn't happening, and it, it's just a nuisance for them, when you know, it, it, when people believe, oh, it's just like the flu and it doesn't kill young people and I'm just going to go about my life and it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, the, the worst is yet to come uh, in a lot of places. And, and I feel good about, you know, where I live and where 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 Drew lives. And this, this situation is for now under control. And hopefully we have the ability to dial it back if it gets out of control. But uh, but we're we're going to see some some real heartbreak and horrible things i think uh because we've been through this before you know there was no there were no cases in florida in in arizona and place in texas you know when the pandemic was raging in new york city and when you know i think 22,000 people in new york city area died uh you know but we but the we saw we talked about flattening the curve we, we we've been through all of this and as you see cases spiking in those places and them not responding to it uh you know, we know that there is a lag between new cases and deaths and that it's just it is such a monstrous disease and such a hard curve to flatten to watch, you know, all these places be at the beginning again by just having ignored what every you know, what was going on around them. It, uh, it's a, it sucks. It sucks, and it's going to derail this 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 like fantasy that the baseball season is going to happen. It's a hard curve to flatten, especially when you're not even trying. 
which is you know the sense that you get from a lot of these a lot of these places a lot of uh, folks who who may or may not believe that they are not susceptible or they are not who's going to get it and while we spoke of people talk about Rudy Gobert as though he was some sort of um like you know idiot hero who accidentally saved a bunch of people's lives you know how many you know Charlie Blackmans and how many other you know no, quasi known no one knows who Charlie Blackman is like that's fucking be serious for a second right. but like uh but but it's going to take a famous young person to die before people believe that you know fame that young people can die mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's it's going to take before it, it, the seriousness of this you know gets through to people beyond the the just completely horrific and and just immoral attempts by people to pretend that it's not as bad as it is uh you know it just feels like that reckoning is going to come and that it's going to be i mean this is this is grim stuff i mean we have baseball i guess to talk about but it just does feel like you know i i'm not looking forward to where we're going to be in a few weeks with regard to what's going on on the ground right now in a lot of places where professional baseball is about to start up again and start having teams from across north america flying in and out of i think that now is a good time for us to go and speak with Emma Bachelary off sportsillustrated.com and Sports Illustrated, the magazine, which is still, in my mind, so cool. Like to be like, oh, yeah, I, I write for the Sports Illustrated magazine. I'm like, that's the fucking coolest thing I've ever heard. I don't care what, what <laughs> state of corporate, you know, raiderdom that poor company is in. It still sounds so cool just even saying those words out loud. So let's talk to Emma about her learnings her insights that she's gleaned from 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 qualified intelligent scientists around the world and then we'll come back and then you and i can grapple with a 60 game season as well as the uh well all of the things that come with this decision to continue and and soldier on with the season so we'll talk to emma bachelary in just a moment on this edition of birds all day Are you looking for a unique gift for the baseball fan in your life? Are you looking for something that's perfect for the big game or something to put on display? Or if you're looking to be the life of the party or maybe the hero of the local softball team, it's time for you to get a dugout mug. It is a company started at, in a college baseball dugout, which was where the name dugout mugs came from. It is quite literally the barrel of a bat turned into a 12 ounce mug for your favorite frosty beverage it is licensed by major league baseball so it's got your favorite team laser engraved onto a birchwood baseball barrel bat mug i need you to go to dugoutmugs.com slash the athletic and use the promo code mlb30 for 30 percent off your first purchase that's dugoutmugs.com slash the athletic and use the code mlb30 Fill that baseball void with your very own dugout mug today. All right, as mentioned before, it is our pleasure at this time to be joined by Sports Illustrated baseball writer, Emma Bachelary. Emma, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. I didn't want to put um, uh, uh, epidemiologist in your uh, bio quite yet. <laughs> but I feel like I'm sure you feel like uh, covering baseball. Now you are an amateur epidemiologist and also perhaps a labor lawyer. Uh, yeah, uh, last couple of weeks have had uh, lots of other areas of expertise to pull from. <laughs> uh, well, let us then delve into your epidemiology background, as I'm sure uh, we all have spent lots of time looking at um, uh, uh, figures and, and log rolling charts and days since the tenth case and all this sort of stuff. Uh, so you wrote a, a really interesting piece this week where you talked to uh, actual accredited epidemiologists, immunologists, people who have knowledge in this stuff. Um, so I guess the question is, you know, we've we've been spending so much time on the labor side, we almost kind of forgot about the uh, you know worldwide global pandemic, uh, hundreds of people dying a day side. Uh, how is this all going to work? Yeah, uh, it it is not looking especially good, uh, to put it lightly. Um, I think, I mean, uh, across the United States now, it's uh, just been getting worse and worse over the last couple of weeks, which is really concerning. Uh, 
Canada hasn't been quite as affected and has had a generally different response in a lot of ways, um, to put it gently, to most <laughs> of this. But um, yeah, uh, it, it doesn't take an expert to, to look at these numbers and know that it has been getting worse. And when you do talk to these experts, um, there are a, a lot of potential problems with playing baseball in this environment. Um, and particularly, you know, when we look at the other sports leagues that are trying to come back in July, the NBA is having its bubble at Disney World, MLS also having a bubble in Orlando, the WNBA will have a bubble, um, the NWSL will have a version of a bubble, and baseball, of course, will not. Baseball is trying to do this in, um, you know, 30 teams in 28 different cities that all have their own uh, different public health regulations, the regulations that can change at any time, um, have like wildly different levels of community spread. Uh, just you're looking at really different environments because the way that this virus is um, kind of moving through the population, like some of the outbreaks we see are very localized. And uh, that makes it pretty hard to, to try to play baseball with it as many people as it takes um, in each market and have them moving from place to place. It's very hard to do that um, without the virus uh, getting in and making itself known. <laughs> like the, the experts that you spoke to, like, are they extremely alarmed by what, what baseball is trying to do or what other sports leagues are trying to do? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there we go. Um, and so I, I actually went into this with the plan of asking them all, like, is what baseball is trying to do better or worse than a, a bubble plan? Um, because a bubble, like obviously you've centralized all of your risks kind of, and you do have really high, um, you know, personal effects on people by asking them to, to live in a bubble. Obviously that affects people and their mental health and all sorts of things. Um, but by centralizing it, it's a lot easier to kind of lock that environment down um, to have a better sense of if the virus does get in, what to do about it, how to address it, all of that. Um, and it certainly has its problems. They all went through those with me. But what baseball is trying to do just on a, a logistic level is really tough. Um, and you know, none of the ones I talked to uh, expressed a lot of optimism that, that they would be able to, to pull this off super well, um, you know, which is scary and disheartening. Just, you know, I've missed baseball a lot. My job depends on baseball, but I, I also love baseball. Um, and it is, it's scary to hear those things and to think about, you know, what this could mean for, for not only players, uh, but managers, support staff, clubhouse attendants, groundskeepers. There are just so many people involved in the game, umpires. Um, and, you know, a lot of them are not, you know, perfectly healthy 25-year-olds who are, like, incredible physical specimens. A lot of them might have pre-existing conditions or be older and not feel like they're in the same position um, as, as players who do have, you know, avenues to, to sit out this season if they need it for their own health. So, yeah, that's not a great feeling to hear all of that. You wrote a follow-up piece that, that points out that, and I don't think that this is meant to, like, slander Major League Baseball as an organization, but they're having to quite literally make up their protocols as they go along. As we learn uh, things about the disease, we learn as we learn about uh, how it's spread, about to the degree of community spread, about super spreader events, and 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 trying to find the balance between taking in this new information and like adding rules and adding protocols and saying like you mentioned like no rosin bags, no handshakes, no high fives, no spitting. Uh, they just keep having to add different kind of rules and stipulations and protocols to try to pull this off. Yeah, like, you know, in one sense, I do think it's good that they're looking at more information and incorporating that. Like, I think that's important to do as they try to move along. But yeah, the flip side of that is that uh, when they made this original protocol that we saw in May, I think that was really strong, May 15th, that was 67 pages. And now on June 24th, we need 101 pages. Like The, the fact that you know, six more weeks meant 34 more pages of rules. Like, what does that mean for how we think baseball is going to look in August and September and October based on what we know about the virus at those points? Like, yeah, the people are still learning a lot about this and uh, 
yeah, the idea of just trying to plan ahead very much at all seems really difficult to do right now and is something that, you know, the epidemiologist I talked to brought up. Um, and so, yeah, planning a baseball season that you're hoping is going to go through <laughs> October is pretty tall task. It's absolutely that. And it starts to sound a little bit like they're trying to kind of, you know, tiptoe through the raindrops in by adding regular stipulations. And well, we've learned this and we've learned this. It's um, it's really tough. And I, I think you, the other thing that is worth noting is that you said, you know, it's between umpires and broadcasters, because, again, that's why they're doing it. Right. They're doing it so we can go on TV. So there's got to be somebody there to to get it up to fulfill those TV contracts. But, um, uh, you know, while not all those people are 25 year old perfect specimens charlie blackman is charlie blackman and and i uh, do you know not to out someone and put in, in in violation of my own personal uh, hipaa oath uh that these guys are uh, <laughs> there's, there's just more and more players are being are testing positive which is i mean do, do you think that again as they've as they're adding these these rules and regulations do you think that there's another chance they could make another dramatic swerve and maybe go for the the bubble approach is, is that door still open i guess in, in your set in your mind uh, yeah, that's actually the, the follow-up piece you mentioned where I compared the two documents side by side, uh, the, the May 67 pages and this week's 101 pages, they did add a provision that explicitly gives them that power. Um, I think w most of what was reported this week was the part in the line that's right there that says that they can move games to neutral sites, um, mm -hmm. which is, you know, definitely something I would expect to see used if we're seeing like a, a strong local outbreak in an MLB market. But the, the other half of that line is that MLB reserves the right to institute a bubble environment or stricter quarantine protocols um, with the cooperation of the players association, if it decides that it has to based on how the virus is changing. So, you know, I think there are like ways to do that. Like I, I don't think MLB could possibly pick up and decide to make a full bubble in August, um, because there's not another Disney World lying around with a bunch of baseball fields for them to do that. Um, and you, know, you see how much of an ordeal logistically it's been for the NBA to get it off the ground. But I think in terms of trying to set kind of bubble conditions around players, like right now, um, players are encouraged not to go seek crowded events um, you know, to go out in public in areas where there could be lots of spread, not supposed to go to bars or restaurants, but there's not a formal provision against that. And they absolutely could say that. They could say when you're on the road, it's just ballpark hotel in between and nothing else. Um, rather than right now, they're kind of, you know, suggesting that you do that and telling players they should do that, but they absolutely could kind of shut that down and make that a hard rule. Um, make sure you can't go anywhere at home, uh, which, yeah, would be different than what they're trying to do now. Uh, another really, I think, interesting and, and, and uh, a huge, not even hurdle, just something else to consider. And you mentioned in, 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 your, um, in the, the operations manual piece, which is about the rosters. So we're playing the 60-game schedule, and it's this really crazy thing. And, and they're gonna, they've, there was talk about having a 60-person roster. I mean, doesn't even just adding that many more variables into the mix and being able to play like kind of you know, roster roulette where they're dropping guys, picking them up, you know, operating uh, with more like a 45 or 50-man playing roster as they've been doing anyway of uh, this doesn't this just does it feel to you like like it adds a lot more you know variables and even maybe increases the risk or is it more of a moving guys out if they're sick i i don't even know yeah i mean i i'm not sure about that i think you know it could go either way one of the things they are going to be doing is kind of um at least at first keeping the 40-man roster and then the other guys who are filling out that 60-man pool keeping them separate, having that um, alternate spring training site that every team has to name and trying to have guys split between there and the actual spring training site at first um, to uh, keep that pool kind of like uncontaminated, for lack of a better word, <laughs> um, which sounds so dark. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think you're going to see a lot of weird roster stuff. I think it's depending on what a team's farm system like looks like uh, teams can use that in really different ways. And, you know, since the players who are going to be filling out 
that pool who wouldn't otherwise be on the 40 man roster. Um, you know, since most of those are minor leaguers who otherwise would not be having a chance to play at all right now, given the fact that there's no minor league season that we know of. Um, yeah, I think you're going to see teams use that in different ways and it'll be interesting to look at. It's uh it's all just so stupid, really. Is where, <laughs> is where I'm at. I mean, we have here in Canada. I mean, this is the hurdle that the Blue Jays are facing. They now have, you know, Mark Shapiro, the president of the team, is now registered as a lobbyist uh, regarding this stuff because he's trying to get, you know, the rules exempted. Because when you cross the border right now, uh, you're supposed to self-isolate for 14 days, which has been a system that has has, you know, kept the spread of the disease from you know, entering our borders in nearly the same way as, say, neighboring New York State or some of the other. It's a good system. It works very well. And, and when and when you're like, yeah, except what? why don't, why don't we, you know, uh, have teams coming in and out every three days or, or it, it, you know, it, it just seems like that's that's not going to jibe with, with what we're seeing that is actually getting, like, decent results. Uh, and I don't know. I think... We're all dancing around how frustrating and, and stupid it seems that they're going forward with this. Yeah, that was one of the <laughs> things. I mean, I like I kind of I think briefly addressed it in the piece of like the challenges of working with all these different public health departments. Um, but yeah, that was something I actually talked about kind of a lot with with these scientists and professors. That yeah, like there there are a lot of jurisdictions that would be just be really happy to have MLB because. That's, there's a lot of money involved. They, they know how it would look to turn away a team. Um, but from a public health perspective, and, and some departments probably will, or at least could, stand up and take this line, like, it's, it's bad. It is not good. And depending <laughs> on what's happening in your community, like, you know, there's absolutely a chance that, that a public health department, that a city, that a state could stand up and say, sorry, like, we don't want to deal with this right now. Um, and yeah, I mean, what's happening with the Blue Jays right now is kind of fascinating to me that they wouldn't have tried to work this out before. Um, like really like working out, can we play here <laughs> with the Canadian government seems to me like that's not really a ask for forgiveness, not permission. Like I, 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 that would have struck me as something you asked for permission on before you well, announced that you're going to try it. So <laughs> when would they have found the time? You know, they didn't. They didn't have. They had no time. We know who could, who uh, could have yes. seen. Yeah. <laughs> Just <laughs> moved did, so like, quickly since, yeah. since March. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess the other question then, rather rather than than you've you've acquitted yourself as a as a, as a now professional, no longer amateur. <laughs> What do you think about the sixty game season? Just just the season itself. Like, is it going to? Are you? If you could take off the um, what's the word I'm looking for? Compassionate, empathetic part of your brain, and just turn on like the baseball lizard part of your brain. Are you excited at least to watch sixty games of absolute carnage and chaos and insanity? I've gone back and forth. Um, <laughs> it, it is hard to to turn off the the human part for what it's worth. Um, but yeah, like I, I have, I've really missed it. Um, in addition to you know wanting to stay employed, uh, which <laughs> there being baseball here does kind of play a role in that for me. So you know that's nice. But yeah, I I would love to just watch some baseball right now, and I have been watching a good amount of KBO, and I'm glad that that'll still be on TV. Um, but it is just really hard, as much as. I love it as much as I've missed it to listen to all of this and frankly, just to look at how, how bad it can be, how potentially risky it could be um, that even though, you know, I mentioned earlier that, you know, Oh, not everyone is a perfectly healthy 25 year old, but even for a perfectly healthy 25 year old, there can be a lot of risks. We still don't know like the long-term effects of contracting the virus. Um, you know, it, it there are a lot of ways for this to turn out very badly. Um, and, and it is so high that that for now is overriding how much I, I love baseball and miss it and would like to see 60 games. I don't know. A guy with a Tom Brady <laughs> profile picture on Twitter told me it's nothing more than the cold. So yeah. I kind of, you know, you, you got to hear both sides. I, well, I that's the that's real a, epidemiologist, I think, the yeah. Tom Brady profile picture guy. <laughs> the guy holding the fish with a picture of his dog all together, like the Holy Grail. <laughs> the gas station sunglasses, yeah. 
Uh, Emma, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, I cannot encourage everyone uh, enough to go out to check out these two stories, as well as everything, of course, that she writes. Uh, Emma, tell the people where they can find you and all of the work that you do. Yeah, so I'm on Twitter at my name, which is Emma Bachelary. Uh, last name is kind of a lot to spell, but there aren't many sound alikes out there, so I trust that you can find it. Um, and yeah, my stuff's on si.com and in the magazine. So yeah, happy to, to be on here. It's been our pleasure. Hopefully we can somehow, like I said, dance through the raindrops and get through this scot-free and then have, uh, well, we'll have to talk to you again when there's actual baseball to talk about and, and we'll have you and, and uh, our Tom Brady dog avatar guy come on and, <laughs> and debate and go head to head. Uh, Emma Bachelet, thank you so much for taking the time. Really appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah. All right. That was great. Thank you so much to Emma. As we mentioned, go to si.com, uh, check her out on Twitter, final stories, the, the bubble story and the, uh, the protocol story, really interesting stuff. Um, really spoke to a, a wide variety of people offering, um, uh, just, I, you know, I, I feel like in the, in the process of writing, like maybe I'll find someone who will tell me something different and like, but they're all kind of saying <laughs> different versions of the same thing. So, um, but like we can, we can bring it back to the, to the Blue Jays a bit. Uh, there's the, there were reports that blue there are some members of the Blue Jays have have um, tested positive for COVID nineteen. Uh, does that I mean, again, as you mentioned, is this something that's sort of be to, to be expected? Uh, I guess the question is, short of a player falling very ill, is anything going to derail this thing? I don't think so. I mean, I think it's just been really apparent for throughout the whole process that this is. You know, the, the, they're going to try to do this, whether it's, you know, smart to try to do it or not. Uh, and it's the, uh, as much as they postured about about the labor stuff and like, oh, we don't want to have a season. And uh, I mean, all of that was in complete bad faith, as we've seen. I, th- I think it was Craig Goldstein who's had, you know, had you know, must read stuff on the whole labor situation. But I think on, on Thursday was tweeting about how, you know, a bunch of teams immediately now that the season's proceeding they're like oh we're gonna try to get some fans into the stands by the way before (laughs) this is all over which is like you told the players that that revenue was just gone and now you're immediately like well maybe not uh it's uh, i mean that that is just also dispiriting and and, and nobody wants to talk about it nobody wants to talk about service time manipulation which i had a fun time talking about but 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 it's just it's just you know they're going to go off. They're going to try to try to dance through those raindrops, as what as you were saying. You know, they're going to. I, I don't know why. I don't. I do know why. There's there's a ton of money involved, mm-hmm. but it, it just seems it, it just seems absurd, and it, it, I, I I I shudder to think uh, what might happen and what and, and you know because there are absent. You know, we know what can happen when you get this virus, and if that happens to people that baseball has just sort of thrown into the maw of the disease, uh, you know, that's, that, that will be awful. And it will, we will all feel partly responsible for not saying more about stopping this. We're all just kind of resigned to it. But at the same time, I mean, what the hell can you do? Nobody's going to listen to this podcast. If just every week we're banging on about that, I guess, but that's, that seems that seems like a stupid reason to not, but you know, I, I people know where we stand, I guess. But. I think people know where they stand. I, I do. I, I want to stop you because yeah. I wrote this note down, Please. and I'm glad you you brought it up um, because I think it's important to to get back to the to the roots of what this what this show um, is really about and what the show's mm-hmm. been about for the 250 or 300 or however many episodes we've done in this iteration and the hundreds that we did in the previous iteration, and that's calling idiots idiots loudly and frequently <laughs> and i want right. to talk about the service time thing so this was something that okay. was was this mentioned on on the air like tim and sid or or uh, someone i believe it was right writer's block i think it was alex Sixero tweeted that jeff Bassan had said mm-hmm. that uh that it's a that they would have to hold pearson down a week to get an extra year out of him which yeah. who needs this conversation I need this conversation. <laughs> what an asinine thing to 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 do in 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 the face of all of this the the bad PR and the ugliness and the bickering and the bad faith negotiations 
to do something so slimy in a 60-game season where it's obvious the the current collective bargaining agreement is going to be ashes by the time Nate Pearson <laughs> has the opportunity to become a super two, that 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 term very well could not even exist anymore. So to go through this this joke to like to 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 do this, well, which, farce, which it's they haven't, it would be a farce. Right, but to which do they it. haven't done. I mean, we're getting you know we're, we can't get mad at them for doing. They haven't done it yet. We can get mad at them. We we I can get mad at the I can get mad at them. No, I can't get mad at them. I can get mad at the suggestion that they do it. I can get mad at the that the track record that suggests they just might do it. Uh, I can, which is that they being yeah. anyone who's running a baseball team in twenty twenty, and in, in in parallel normal universe twenty twenty, this is something that is anyone is doing um, because they just they would. I mean, that, I can also that get was mad be, at the, that was going to be a joke, hmm? and if the season if if the season had proceeded as expected, mm-hmm. it was going to be a joke that Pearson was going to get held down for any reason, mm-hmm. right? I mean, he was there. He was maybe he was maybe the best pitcher anyone saw in in spring training, Blue Blue Jays or not, right? Like he was just absolutely electric. Uh, but now, when you're, you know, because we all, because we apparently can't t- talk about, you know, the spirit of the rules, because that's obviously the rules are uh, rules are made to be broken, and and I guess we've we've just accepted that if the team can bend the rule to its will, that that's, you know, business is going to business, so they're going to do that. But like uh, the, the the secondary to that is the fact that it's, you know. Every game counts so much, and the Blue Jays, you know, paid a lot of money to Hyunjin Ryu and are really attempting to be a good team. And you know, you just piss on that notion if you don't bring, you know, if you even skip him one start intentionally to manipulate, as you say, a CBA that is ashes in in twelve or fourteen months or whatever the hell it is, sixteen, eighteen months. The the most. If any starting pitcher gets more than twelve starts this year, I'll be surprised. You know, I could see maybe maybe down the stretch again, but are that's the that's the sort of part of the the, the sick experiment part of this that's that's intriguing or that you can't help but rubberneck. It's like okay, so the season has been there's a complete shit show. Um, are we? Do we? Uh, what's the what's the kind of notion? What's the thought? So if I'm a team like uh, let's say Houston. Am, am I going to be running Justin Verlander out on short rest towards the end of the year if I need to get a couple extra wins to secure my place or to secure my seating or to if it makes a difference of getting into the playoffs or not? I mean, Justin Verlander is what like thirty six or thirty seven years old now. You know, you know he's what he's got. Maybe it's Clayton Kershaw. Maybe then it starts to get you know these other these other hypotheticals. Are you going to uh, start lead less? I saw the Angels. Someone said the Angels are going to run a six uh, six man rotation. Because they have Shohei Otani, of course, coming back from Tommy John. So that's 10 starts, right? 10 starts per if all six guys make all their starts, which is incredibly unlikely in the way that, that baseball is played now. So those kind of hypotheticals, in an, in in if we were just, for whatever reason, playing a 60-game season, which is just so crazy to think about on its face, those are the things that could be fun to tease out and to and to look ahead and to say, oh, it's going to be it's going to be chaos. It's going to be just absolute nonsense. It's going to be wild, getting down to the wire. But at the same time, you know, as we spoke about with Emma, it, it's it's it, you can get carried away with that. But at some point, you it, you have to. There's going to be that moment where you look and you're like, oh, this is this is bad. This is a bad thing that we're all kind of partake, partaking in and sort of trying to pretend it's not bad, but oh, it's so bad. It just feels wrong now. Maybe maybe my maybe my mind will change. But if there are ICUs that are getting full and people are like, we're not going to report on the numbers anymore because why would we bother doing that? Uh, baseball is going to be a secondary or non-existent concern at that point. Yep. It's it's true. It's true. And, uh, you know, and as Emma said, she said a couple times that it, uh, it resonates with me because I'm in the same boat. It's like, you know, I have selfish reasons to be like, oh, man, I kind of do hope baseball comes back. I wrote about this a little bit in a piece that went up on Thursday. And, it, you know, it obviously my employment is tied to it. My, you know, even if they're even if I get continuously employed uh, while there's no baseball, I'm just remembering guys. There are only so many guys to remember. There's a finite number of guys. <laughs> and it's like, like 
I just, I long for, you know, just to see fucking Vlad Guerrero, like, like just completely butcher a play at third. Like I, I would like nothing more than to be like, oh boy, this is great. I get, I can write about how just horrendously this experiment is going. And yet you say experiment and that's really what it is. It's like, we're putting the league in a Petri dish and these are like, these are real humans. Yeah. Uh, you know, Irene Dolan was tweeting about all of this stuff and had an incredible thread about, you know, just the humanity of players and not just players, but the people, their loved ones and the support staff and the people who unlock the doors, stadiums, who are all being thrust into this completely non-essential exercise that is, you know, out on the edge of dangerous because of how people are just flying around and traveling to different you know, jurisdictions and different hotspots and all these places where, you know, we, our public health officials, as I said in the, the, the segment with Emma, like our public, we, we've been following in this country to our, to our credit, despite the fact that there are some of the leaders in, uh, in this country are, are questionable on, on many things to our credit. We've been largely following the science and the opinion of the, the public health officials, and that's why we have things like the rule that when you cross the border, you have to self-isolate for 14 days. And, you know, to, it, I, I don't, I, I don't know why baseball trumps the, what they, what those guys are saying with the, what those guys and gals and everybody, what the, what the public health officials are saying. Uh and it is, it's just so dispiriting and so not the way that you want to be dealing with sports to be like, well, I guess we'll see because they're going to fucking do it. Like, cross your fingers and hope that, you know, nobody, nobody fucking dies or nobody has, you know, gets so sick that they have long term complications or, you know, gets one of their relatives sick or gets, uh, you know, there, there, there are so many ways it could go badly because the whole thing, the whole time has been, you know, stay in your house. Like, don't like, don't help this disease spread. And, and there's just, there's an industry around these activities that we love that is extremely in opposition to the best practices to keeping the disease from spreading. And, for some reason, we're letting that industry win over just sanity, and it, and it's it seems so weird to be saying it because you know it's my livelihood. I feel like I'm like looking over my shoulder, like I shouldn't be saying this, but this is stupid. We shouldn't be fucking doing this. I wonder if if there were these kinds of debates, and I I, I know that there's hopefully someone who's listening to this or someone that that people that we know who would have better maybe better insight into this but were these kind of debates or were people having talking this way about baseball maybe even during like wartime for example like world war ii so so if it's ted williams is off fighting world war ii and they're still playing and everyone's hitting 450 or whatever was going on do you think there was that sort of thing but again this is different than that isn't it this isn't you know, those guys are over there and the people who are here for whatever reason, if they got flat feet or they just didn't want to sign up, whatever it might be, uh, they're right. playing baseball to keep everybody sort of entertained, I guess. But this is different. Yeah. And there, I mean, there, there's the, there's the pandemic in like 1918 or whatever, but then, you know, back then it's just like, my horse is sick. It was like your biggest concern. Like I, you know, just a completely different world. Mm. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. It's a, it's unprecedented and it's, it's, I don't know. The, the, and, and, and this is the players seem to be fighting for safety protocols. And, and there's so much that is sort of just being imposed on people, which I think is, is weird. You know, we talk about the Toronto situation, right? Where it's like, I wrote last night, I tweeted and I wrote, I wrote today about how I, I, you know, I think they could do it. And we talked, I guess, a little bit about, about this with Emma, with, uh, with the bubbles that they're doing in other sports. Like, I think you could do it safely. They're coming in. They're not checking. They're not checking into Pearson through like the public terminal. They're, they've got a charter plane, mm -hmm. get straight on the bus, go to the hotel in the Sky Dome, play your games in out. But then it's like, well, did the players, I, I don't know what's in the 60 odd pages or whatever the report, like, but it's like, that could absolutely work if you were like draconian about the players not doing anything but those activities. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's what they signed up for. And then it's also like, you know, we're talking about, about, you know, nobody asked the, uh, the, the, to have games in Toronto except the Blue Jays, right? Like the fans don't care. 
Uh, or if, and if you do, I don't know why, because <laughs> you're not going to be able to see the games. Like it, it makes absolutely no sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think there's been a lot of talk about like, well, what about, you know, maybe they should play in Buffalo. That'd be perfect. And it's like, we kind of have talked about that sort of, I've seen peripherally and, and, and saw some discussion about that. It's like, nobody's asking the people in Buffalo whether they think that's a good idea. It's just kind of like, well, it's got to happen somewhere because it's got to happen. And the, re- the real problem is the sense that, well, it's just inevitable. Baseball and sports are just they're – they're going to happen. It'll be interesting and, to see uh, how the how the thing with it. Toronto plays out because I, I as I understand it, there is the, the – people like – baseball players could be kind of acquire an essential worker um, – an essential worker designation that, that that would almost exempt them from the the fourteen day. Well, you'd, they'd have to uh, because that, that and that exists because there are you know if there are healthcare workers you know if you're a nurse in Win- you live in Windsor and you work in Detroit and the kind of folks who are who are back and forth over the border every day um, for their mm-hmm. shift uh, those they don't have to 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 do those sorts of things but of course there's always there are always loopholes and and when there are someone like mark's mark shapiro who's registered as a lobbyist able then to kind of to to lobby and 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 pitch the blue jays and enter as entertainers who would fall under that same thing i know that there are other kind of like you know golf they're playing golf right now mackenzie hughes is a is a canadian golfer who shot 60 or something today um, on Thursday, he's uh, down there. I mean, whether or not he makes his residence in the United States, I'm not sure. But, but there, I'm sure there, there are always big old loopholes when you got a lot of money and you got clout and you can sort of drive through. The NHL is another example, right? They're talking. They've all got this hub city model that they're that they're looking at. Um, I, I think it'll be really interesting to see <laughs> if if they do try to stick with the everyone playing in their own stadium thing for for the long haul, or if they do end up trying to pivot to a, to more of a hub model the tragic not tra- well it is tragic that that arizona and florida were sort of earmarked as the original ones but those places don't seem like they're really viable now the one thing the, the number the thing that i saw that made me think is what about like the bay area because they have done a great job in san francisco mm-hmm. and oakland um places like that that ha- like it, relative to the rest of California, relative to the rest of California and relative to the rest of the state or the rest of the country, which I think well. I think is mask related. I believe they were they've been very they were very. I think it's mask related. I also think that the, you know, I would we would be foolish not to think about the things we've talked about before, before on here and the social determinants of health and how the folks who are who are in in that area of, of Northern California, the the kind of the Bay Area, uh, there not well not all there are a lot more uh, wealthy people there, people who are able to work from home, people who aren't forced to. To go and work shoulder to shoulder at a at a farm or a, a meat packing plant or whatever, so that also gives them a bit of a leg up. But if that stays that if it stays that way, if if, if say San Francisco and Oakland are are maybe an, a, an option to play uh, some games of the, on top of them, there's also uh, well there's the, there's other minor league clubs, uh, San Jose. It's a, there's a Giants affiliate in San Jose. I think Stock no, maybe Stockton's probably not really. Well, you just need a field, though. Yeah, really, they just need, right? they need, like, well, they need a field. They need, you know, there's not going to be fans. I, it's got to be ready for TV. Exactly. I think this is a problem exactly. with, the, with Dunedin too. It's like if the Jays can't, if the if the government says no to the Jays, they don't have like lights to play in Dunedin at night, and they'll have to install. You know, it's just a whole complicated mess. Mm-hmm. So may, maybe that could work. Maybe that that hub model could work. Maybe <laughs> maybe San Francisco, and then while the, obviously the initial case, cases were bad, you know, New York, New Jersey. God only knows about uh, maybe even like Philadelphia, whatever. Maybe that model could work, but you you just it's so hard to it's 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 hard not to be selfish. It really is. It really you know I see Shohei Otani taking BP on Instagram, and I'm like fucking baseball. But then I'm like, uh. <laughs> but it's so easy. And then we you know just like we when we do this show, we need to like at some point we got to change gears. Right, there's other stuff we can talk about. We can't just continually wring our hands and shout at the sky like, "Oh my God, this is so unfair!" But uh, because it's marching yeah. ahead, and yeah, except but there's but there's people making those choices, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not it's it's not just nature. Is look what God just did to us, man. You know, it's like <laughs> it's like 
And, and you know, you say you, you talk about them just being an entertainer and being exempted. I'm just I'm thinking about Krusty the Clown playing with Stingy the Scorpion in the in the like in, in, in the in the outpost with the TV camera where it's like, oh, I'm the only thing on. I can I got Stingy and Battery. Uh, and it's like it's like is like that's kind of the desperation that we're at and just playing with fire, Krusty. Uh, I, 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 I don't know that that's really good for anyone. Uh, but I guess, but I guess you got to be on TV. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's, it, it, I mean, again, the, I, the, the example in Korea is, is heartening that they made it work. And like you mentioned that they sort of went through some of the, some similar hiccups and, and bumps in the road on their, on the path to, still you know playing a full-ish schedule you know with nobody there other than dancers and stuffed animals and japan kicked their season off this week and they're playing sock footy the football is going on i wish that they hadn't i wish they just canceled the season so stupid west ham wouldn't get goddamn (laughs) relegated but um they're still playing oh you know the championship is uh Wonderful league, a lot of fun. Well, you know it is. It really is one of the top leagues in Europe. You know, <laughs> I'm just getting into all those rationalizations now. I mean, they've been playing in Germany and and wherever else. So, you just, but I, I, I don't. The one thing I don't like, and 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 we joked with Emma about the you know the the guy with the Tom Brady fish dog Avi about the people who have turned this into some kind of like purity test. Like, you, you, why do you hate baseball? Why do sports writers hate baseball? They don't want them to play. Don't they want them to – why don't you want them to play? It's, it's, it's baseball. You don't like baseball? And it's like, you it can be human sometimes. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It doesn't have to be like a, like a test of your fandom. It's not um, – you know, you're not a lesser person or, or weakling if you are like, this feels icky because of all of the sickness and the, you know, this huge yeah. uptick. In cases, if, the, if, if I'm just I'm th- if, I'm thinking back to a conversation I had. I think uh, was it Sunday? Was Sunday Father's Day? Yeah, uh, where where about how the whole thing is just basically completely overblown and 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 we're just we're ruining the economy for nothing. You know, there's just there's there's real people fucking out there who have insane thoughts like that who've just been brain poisoned. And uh, that's not helping. And uh, uh, it's just, it, I just fear, as I feel I've said it four times, but like, it's going to get be- worse before it gets better. And I, I'm not looking forward to what we're going to be talking about next week and the week after and the week after. I hope it doesn't. I hope that like any good preventative measure, it looks like too much. I really hope that that's the case of when we're here next year or here in the fall. And it's like, oh, what fools we were for canceling the baseball season rather than risking the lives of families and the worst thing the, the lives it i think that's that's a big thing too is that people get are, are hung up on on it being life and death when there are so many um secondary you know kidney lung heart conditions things that people are going to live with for months years you know their lives uh coming out of or the thi- or that when the the hospitals get swarmed they won't be able which to was the which was the big fear in the, the first stuff thing we right? talked about months yeah, ago that's why you flatten the curve to, and, and, and you flatten the curve but you lengthen <sighs> it to not you know, overload the the healthcare system, but uh, it doesn't in in the United States, especially for whatever reason. There are these, you know, not just in Canada, more so. Maybe you're seeing more skepticism because it hasn't touched the, as many lives as directly, even though it has touched thousands and thousands of lives. But mm-hmm. it's the kind of thing that if it doesn't, if if we don't do anything, you're not going to have a choice. This is the kind of thing that's going to run you down. It's going to find you. It's going to touch your life. Um, because it's already touched so many millions of lives across um, the world. Uh, the, I believe they went over 120,000 confirmed uh, COVID-related deaths in the United States. Uh, you know, again, you can go back and, and, as we've probably spoken about before, I've felt like I've said it a thousand times. Look at the all-cause mortality rates and how they're way up. I um, mean, a lot of places. Some places they aren't, but um, but so many places that have been uh, have been hotspots have seen like huge spikes in just like the number of people that died. And if you can deny and deny and deny, but if we don't, if nothing happens, if if there isn't uh, these measures put in place, it's going to run these people down, I think, and it's going to catch them, and it's going to be too late. And and I and yeah, I I mean the, the 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 a silver lining I could try to pull out of this 
is that, you know, if baseball does come back, if sports do come back, they can, you know, and this is, I'm just, I'm just doing pathetic PR for them just by like making a hypothetical, but like the, the, I'm intrigued by the, the idea that they could, you know, be like, be leading by example, be, be, you know, make it clear how fucking important it is to have, to, you know, monitor temperatures to do tests to do all the you know the washing of the hands all the things we've been talking about months that everybody's just kind of forgetting about uh you know you could maybe do it in that way but except you can't because you're undermined from the beginning by the fact that you're just trying to force something into a pandemic that is that is just not sensible it's true I think that's it. I think we've done enough. I think we've we we have uh, we banged on as we as we have come to say uh, on this enough. Uh, what Stoughton can the people expect? I, I believe you dropped. Uh, was it was it today? You dropped the, your bird's uh, bird's eye view mailbag or uh, or or, or link dump? I should <laughs> it say. Was, yeah, basically a link dump. It's I, I like to call it like five posts in one, but. Uh, uh, but you sure if you want to if you want to demean my work, that's fine. <laughs> uh, no, that was supposed to go up way earlier in the week, and then stuff just kept happening, mm. and it's like, well, I'm you know, Caitlin's reporting on Blue Jays getting test, testing positive for <laughs> for COVID. Uh, yeah, I think my little link dump is probably going to be on hold again for a while. Uh, but that got up. That was good. I have a piece. I'm. I think it's going to be out Friday. It may. It may be pushed to Monday. I'm not sure. It's dependent on. Uh, another thing by another person that I don't know the status of at the moment, but I went and looked back uh, on Nolan Ryan's uh, seventh no hitter against the Blue Jays against the the American League East champion 1991 Blue Jays. Uh, the only TV broadcast was Don Chevrier and Tommy Hutton and Fergie Oliver on CTV. Texas didn't have a local broadcast. Uh, it's on YouTube. Uh, it was a hoot. I must say, mm. uh, for 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 many reasons, not not Fergie Oliver necessarily, but 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 the, but the rest of the rest of the broadcast was a lot of fun. And I got to tell you, Vince Carter retired today. Uh, Nolan Ryan did, threw that no hitter a year older than Vince Carter is right now, a year older than Troy Gloss is right now. Like that's crazy. <laughs> A year older than than Fat Ronaldo is, right? Like it's it's so it's so crazy. This this like just ancient man, and it, it's it's a it's a, a wonderful it's a wonderful story. I think every you know everybody knows it, but really to go into the broadcast uh, was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun writing it, and hopefully, uh, some of my dumb jokes was uh, keep people entertained throughout the piece. Was 1998 the Fat Ronaldo World Cup or 2000? That seems like uh not well 98 98 was sort of the breakout yeah. uh France France won that year uh 2002 they won in Korea and that was when I think that's when he had the Brazil flag hair Oh right that's right yeah that 2002 of course yeah. that was they beat <laughs> uh they beat Korea or they beat Croatia in the final right no Germany, Germany right Oliver Kahn Oliver Kahn and a bunch of Germans, I'm going to Oliver guess. Oliver Kahn and Michael Ballack. But Oliver Kahn had a hell I'm sure of a Michael Ballack was yeah. yelled at referees that entire tournament. That was when Korea oh, made yeah. the semifinals. That they, they beat yes, Spain and Italy. And there's no question sort of. about the veracity or the uh, the authenticity <laughs> of those those victories. I assure uh, you. It, well, if my, my particular bias, I'm like, I believe it was Dick Advocat was the, uh, or maybe it was Gustav, oh, Hiddink. I'm not sure. But Hiddink was the coach. Yeah, so, um, well, so that's what that's why it wasn't nothing. It was nothing untoward. It was it was total football. It was it was total. Well, Hiddink <laughs> brought the wild um, uh, the wild idea to Korea that they should put the best eleven players on the field, not the eleven oldest players. Who have been with the team, with the national program for the longest time, and it was like revolutionary that it wasn't just like deference to the more the more veteran players. <laughs> Much, it, you know, the baseball had a had a thing like that too. As as I've been remembering guys over these last low these last many months, mm. you know, like uh, uh, basically, I think in my Gordash piece, it was basically like. Uh, uh, Somebody reporters asked Ash if if Joe Carter was going to move to DH, and Ash was like, oh, "I don't know." Ask Cito, and Cito was like, "I don't know." Joe, you going to you going to DH? He's like, "Nope." <laughs> it's like, well, I guess that's how. I guess I guess Joe's playing in the outfield this year. <laughs> He's just like, it, it, it's 
just the way that the power structure has has changed uh, in baseball that has been very similar. So I don't, uh, even though you may be joking about <laughs> about how that change happened in soccer, it's uh, it, it's quite oh. remarkable. And the Nolan the Nolan Ryan thing also remarkable is like they just keep talking about how he's throwing ninety four. <laughs> it's like wow, you know. But like ninety four at the belly in the day, that's like impossible, right? When it's ninety four, when whenever else throwing eighty eight, uh, you mentioned oh, you mentioned gosh, the Rangers. Yeah. Like we cannot end <laughs> this episode of the show without shitting on the terrible fucking feed barn that is that new Rangers stadium. The photos from the outside look so bad. If you haven't seen it already, go and find it. There are, if you go to any of your like content aggregators of choice, they're like, <laughs> the internet is lighting up the Rangers new stadium and whatever it's called, like fucking Diaper Genie Park at Piss, Piss Bank <laughs> Yards. Um, unbelievable. Just a total, looks so bad. I'm sure it's a beautiful place on the inside. They say it plays huge. Joey Gallo's been complaining about how big it is on the inside. Um, just an absolute dump, though. Just cannot wait for people to dunk on it. Fill it with their dirty diapers. Oh, it. I mean, it is remarkable to me the people who have looked at the fucking Sky Dome for thirty years can be like, "Wow, look at that piece of shit." But here we are, and it's not even just Ranger hate. It's like, no, that looks like a like third rate Home Depot. Five hundred million dollars of public <laughs> money. Might I add? Good priorities. Good priorities. It's wonderful. Just cannot celebrate the victories of the Texas Rangers enough on this show, which is now over. His name is Andrew Stoughton. My name is Drew Fairservice. We will talk to you next time on Birds All Day.